We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dolcher here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Still the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. They have no swag. They have no nothing. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors. This is Field the 68 after dark. This is Field of 68 After Dark on this Thursday night. It's great to have you with us. I'm John Fanta. We've got the coach's perspective from Matt McCall. We've got the player's perspective. He's done some coaching as well from Jarrell McNeil. Loaded show tonight, gentlemen. It's great to have you with me. And we're going to start right off the top with Purdue over Rutgers 96-68. to Boilermakers are 24-3, and three, and Purdue now two and a half games up in the Big Ten standings. They've all but formally locked up this conference regular season title, which is what we expected. And I, I think that my opening take, Coach McCall, is this. We walked into the year, and we placed the highest of expectations on Purdue. Is there not something to be said about this team not overlooking the whole regular season and just thinking about March, which could have been easy to think about, and that they've won 24 of 27 games. I think it's the most impressive thing, the fact that they have not been focused on March because I think you see other teams across the country, and and I'll throw FAU in the mix, and I know that we're going to talk about FAU in a little bit here, but you you watch FAU play and you see some of the struggles that they've had, and you say, hey, look, that's a team that's just, hey, we'll be fine when we get to March. And that's not the case with Purdue. And coming out of the loss to Ohio State and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, is everything okay? Everything's fine. It's a wrap. They've won the Big Ten. It's over. And I was really trying to hype up the game in a couple weeks that they play Illinois on Tuesday night on Peacock. And it is – Illinois loses last night, and it's a wrap for Purdue. And that's a credit to Matt Painter and his coaching staff because – They've kept it focused on one day, one game at a time. And I've said this all year, and I've said this on this show all year. When they get to the NCAA tournament, I don't think the first two rounds are even close. I think they will be in the Sweet 16, and they will run through the first two rounds. Now, when they get there, the matchups, everything, now you got to start taking those things into consideration. But what they've done the regular season to be this focused with all the noise and all the distraction that came into this year, with all the talk about the early exits in the NCAA tournament, it is super impressive. Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, they took a lot of flack last season, and those guys have come back, they've matured, they've grown, and that's, a, that's the best team in the country. Them and UConn, nothing changes, even with UConn's loss to Creighton. There is nothing nothing has changed in terms of the two best teams in the country, in my opinion. Jarrell, are we too hard on Purdue? I think at times we definitely are. Um, but it seems like to me, and I think this is just a, a, a mark of a really good team, is that every time that they even have a slight slip, uh, you know, and they drop a game here or there, maybe a game that they shouldn't lose or – 
you know, a tough game, a kind of a trap game. But uh, once they they come back the next night and the next game and they respond, man. Uh, and and, mm-hmm. and tonight was another another one of those messages. You know, they just come out and they dominate the game with. Uh, I think they had fifty two in the first half and. You know, they ended up shooting like all, I think over 50% from three for the game. So they were real hot. Uh, their defense was stifling. Uh, Rutgers didn't have an answer uh, on, on either end of the court for them, man. And like I said all year long, I think they're, I think just as far as pieces, personnel, and fit, that they're, they're definitely the, the, the best the best team in the country. Uh, and, it, and it's just from a personnel standpoint, they got the ED effect. They got all the pieces around them. They went and get Lance Jones. Uh, they have shooting. They have size. Uh, they, they they guard for the most part. Uh, you know, they're, they're just not missing a whole lot. <clears throat> when those guys are clicking on all cylinders, they're, they're almost impossible to beat. They get a big night from Camden Heidi. In 19 minutes, the freshman – Post seven for seven from the floor. Camden, an early toast to you. Exactly. Coach McCall had it ready on after dark. That was that was that's that is, my that's my toast of the night. That's my toast of the night. You stole it. <laughs> you stole my toast of the night. You're we're, you're we're so a, early in the show. Oh my yeah, god. Coach, we got the, you're having a Waterloo. We could, come on. You, just Waterloo for you. Well, you can have you can have two or three of those on the show. You can have two or three of those on the show. Uh, seven to seven from the floor, four to four from three. Uh, and and you know, here's the thing. I don't know if Purdue is the surefire number one team in the country. That's a good thing for college basketball because we could have debates right now. And I'm I'm in a different class. Okay, I don't think it's just Purdue and Connecticut. Over the last three weeks, if you go to Kempom and you look at the level of uh, margin of victory over opponents, and, and analytically speaking, the way that teams have beat opponents, Arizona is number one, number one in Kempom. Houston, they're in the Big 12 and they're 23-3. and three. Like, if you replaced Houston with Kansas's name, and had them at 23-3, and three, we'd be talking about Kansas as maybe being the best team in the country. Let's treat Houston up on that hierarchy. I think, Coach McCall, my point is, I don't know who the best team in the country is. I know this much, though. Purdue has every single reason to believe, to believe, to be optimistic. I know they got to get the monkey off their back. But this program has all the answers to the questions of, do you have what it takes to do it? Now, Matt, they just have to do it. They just have to do it. I mean, that's the bottom line. And like I said, I don't think the first two rounds in the NCAA tournament are going to be even close. Wow. You know, like you look at who they're going to be seated against. Look, they're going to be the number one seed in the Midwest. So they're going to play in the UConn's going to be the number one seed in the East. They're going to be the number one seed in the Midwest, regardless of what happens and how it all transpires. And that's that's exactly so. Both teams are going to be playing games near their home courts. But I just I don't I don't see I I, I see a team that's extremely focused. I think Matt Painter spent the entire offseason working on why are we losing in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? What are we doing in practice? What are we doing in practice in June, July, and August. Is that having an impact on us losing games in the first round of the NCAA tournament? I, I think the guys worked on all of that. So that's why I don't think the first two rounds for them are going to be close. Now, when you get to the Sweet 16, matchups, you know, who are you playing against? Do you run into a hot team? Like all those factors come into place. But this team is focused, they're driven, they've grown up, they've matured. Like I just said, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, I mean, those guys took a lot of heat for the reason that they didn't get out of the first round last year. And Zach Eady said it at Big Ten Media Day, and he defended his teammates. That's a connected, together team. And I swear, I just, to think that they don't get to Phoenix, it's, you know, am I picking them to get to Phoenix right now, today? Yeah, I am, because I think that they've been through enough they're hardened, they're calloused, and they're focused. And not only are they going to win the Big Ten, and we'll see what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Crazy things are going to happen, but man, I, I just don't see them not making a run in the NCAA tournament. I don't see it. 
Great, great stuff. Uh, let's go to the rest of the Big Ten right now. It's a good time to reset this conference. You got Purdue at 13-3. and Illinois at 10-5, and but the Illini lose last night to Penn State at Rec Hall. Amazing win for Mike Rhodes. That's a signature moment for the Nittany Lions. Wisconsin and Northwestern at 10-6. and Northwestern just commanded Michigan 76-62. Minnesota, I want to shout out Ben Johnson. I think he's done a remarkable job this year at Minnesota. That, that, that program had next to, from the outsider, they didn't have many expectations. They beat Ohio State tonight, 88 to 79. But but let's stick right with Illinois here. Uh, Jarrell and Coach McCall, I'll start with you, Jarrell. Where do you stand with the Illini after a 90 to 89 loss to Penn State? Uh, Terrence Shannon goes for 35 points in that game, but they lose by one to the Nittany Lions. What's the honest expectation level that you have for them in March? Uh, I think they're I think they're another one of those teams where, and that's sort of the thing that scares me about them. Uh, I, no question about it that Terrence Shannon is one of the most dynamic and electric guards and players in all of college basketball. Uh, he's a shoe in almost night in and night out for twenty to twenty five points. Uh, is you know it's just about who's going to come to the party with him? Are you going to get consistency from these other guys who they're essentially uh, dependent on to make plays and make and make shots at times too throughout throughout the course of the game. Uh I think they I think they got some things that they do need to clean up, uh just sort of on their late game offensive stuff. Uh, you know, who whose hand is the ball gonna be in, which it, it really shouldn't be a question and different ways to get those guys in action and get the ball to try to get them freed up and try to get uh, you know, just more quality looks at the end of the game and handling the time and score situations a little bit better. But I still believe that uh, as is that Illinois is still one. They're, they're, I think they're going to be a tough out when it comes tournament time. They're good. They're physical. Uh, they can defend, and they have enough guys to get it done on the offensive end where they still scare you. So, I mean, if if we had to do a bracket today, I would at least have them going to the Sweet Sixteen still. Coach, yeah, Fanta. I'm just trying to figure this out too, because uh, you brought up Michigan. Is Dougie McDaniel, is his suspension officially over? He's been suspended now for, I think, two months. Is that is that what it is? He's only, he's only allowed to play home games? Essentially. And tonight they played just... another road game. Is, is, is it over now? Ground, is this Is it over? I'm still trying to this figure out. This is his last road game. We're told it's, this it's is his last road game. Is, okay. All right. Great. So so now Dougie McDaniel can play on the road. Going forward, are we, is, is that true? I just want to – you know what? I, I'll say it. Um <laughs> This Michigan basketball season has been embarrassing. Confusing. There's no other way. Confusing and embarrassing. They they should never be as bad as they are right now. Uh, let's. I mean, this, the standards are higher in Ann, higher in Ann Arbor. I don't care who you like, who you dislike. Let's face it. This isn't. This is not Michigan basketball. It's the furthest thing from it. And they got to take a hard look in the mirror here, because confusing yeah. is a great word. As confusing as but it's been, it's, it's, been it's, it's, it's just amazing that today is his last game. He, now he's back. Now he's back full time. So, um, but, you know, back to Illinois, I was really hyping up. And I was on Peacock on Tuesday night in the studio hyping up that game in two weeks where Illinois versus Purdue, thinking that was going to, that was the game that, that the, the regular season title was going to come down to. And, you mentioned Mike Rhodes. Credit to him. He made a difficult decision within his program this past week, and sometimes you have to do that. When you're trying to set your culture and you're in year one. Now, it's hard to do when you're in year four or you're in year five, but when you're in year one, you make those difficult decisions to say, hey, this is yeah. what we're doing going forward, and he did that, and his team responded. So give Mike Rhodes a tremendous amount of credit. That's a heck of a win. But I think Illinois is going to be fine. Uh, I think they're a team, to Jarrell's point, that, that they could be in the second weekend, no question about it. They could win the Big Ten. They could be not the regular season title, I would think, Purdue, but they could win the Big Ten tournament. Tournament. I mean, if they cut the nets down, none of us would be surprised if they win that tournament. None of us would be surprised if they make a run of Phoenix. They're that talented. Terrence Shannon's the second-best player in the Big Ten. He is, bar none. Coach, let me ask you this. Of this grouping, Northwestern, 
Nebraska. Uh, I'll, I'll put Michigan State and Wisconsin in there. Wisconsin obviously has been having a slump. Uh, Michigan State, it, it depends on the night. Uh, of that grouping of four, which are in the right side of things right now to get to the tournament, who who do you believe in? Michigan State because of Tom Izzo. Uh, I mean, I'd, that's that's my pick just because of him. Um, you know, watching the game the other night against Iowa, it, crazy as it sounds, Iowa could get a <clears throat> I mean, they play Illinois twice coming down the stretch here. Four out of their last five were against quad one opponents. The other one was the other night against Michigan State, so that's one. They have three more quad one opportunities coming down the stretch. It's just hard for me to say, you know, Wisconsin, Northwestern, you know, and Michigan State, who am I going to pick? I'm picking Michigan State just because of Tom Izzo. He's going to go to his 26th straight NCAA tournament. Tyson Walker is one of the best guards in the country. So that's that's who I'm going to roll with. Jarrell, you got 10 seconds. Roll with one team. I know you ain't rolling with Wisconsin. I think I think I will actually go Nebraska. I will go Nebraska. Uh, I like I, I like their guys. I like their shooting. I like their I kind of like the way they play and their ball movement. I think Hoiberg's done a great job there, man. So uh, I think they're probably the most the, the safest next bet. I can't do Michigan State. I'm gonna call it right now. <laughs> Boo Booey wills Northwestern to a stunning tournament win. Hey, more After Dark on the other side. We got much more to come. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March Madness. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, you can use the bonus code FIELD150 and you will get $150 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's the best part. All you need to do is deposit and bet $5 of your hard-earned money. This is how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using the bonus code FIELD150. That's FIELD150. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use that bonus code FIELD150 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available in one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in Philly or New York, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create a new account in each state. It's easy, it's simple, and it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the conference tournaments and for the NCAA tournament. Bet insurance tokens college hoops odds boost and my personal favorite a nice little parlay boost here and there so download the BetMGM app and sign up today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark on this Thursday night, February 22nd, 2024. John Fanta, Matt McCall, Jarrell McNeil with you. Whether you're listening on Sirius, watching us on YouTube or X. You know, guys, this is such a fun time of year. Before we get to the FAU Owls, who won tonight. Like, Coach McCall, it's fun for us. But I, I was talking with some coaches earlier today. The balance is happening, right? Like, dog days of league play. You can see a glimmer of, of March is about to, to happen. Take us inside a locker room. What What is a coach doing? What would you be doing with your group to keep their eyes on the now without getting too lost in what's ahead? Fanta, there's nothing better than being in the fight. When you're in the fight for a conference championship, for a regular season championship, for an NCAA tournament berth, there is nothing better. When you're not in the fight, that's the biggest challenge. When you're mm. near the bottom of the standings and you're trying to keep your team focused and focused on, hey, the tournament's coming around the corner. You know, we just got to keep getting better. We've got to keep improving. That's the biggest challenge. But when you're in the fight, and you're looking at other scores around the league and you know you got a shot to win the league and your team is hungry and they're starving to win a championship and cut down some nets, there's nothing better. I mean, you're talking about where do we have to improve? What do we have to get better at? Special situations, working on them every single day in practice, you know, fouling up three, you know, down one, you know, linked to the floor with 10 seconds to go, like all those types of things you're working on in practice. And your team's engaged, they're excited, and every single possession of every game matters. There is nothing better. You know, for, for people that say the conference tournament, especially if you're at the BCS or the high major level, uh, you know, the conference tournament doesn't matter. You know, just get to the NCAA tournament. Maybe you should save your legs. No. Bullshit. Cut the nets down. And Jarrell can say this. Like, there is nothing better than climbing that ladder and cutting a piece of the net down, whether it's for a conference regular season title, a conference tournament title, there is no better feeling other than, you know, having kids, getting married. You know, my wife may hear me right now on this show, so we got to make sure that we say both of those things. But cutting nets down, <laughs> there's nothing better. And when you're when you see it and you can taste it and you're getting close to it, man, that makes practice even better. Tell me, Gerard, what's what's it like this time of year when you're you're just about to get to like for you, Big East tournament was around the corner. There's yep. nothing like that week. But when you're at this stage of the season where that's on your mind, but you, you can't it's easy for some teams, if they're if they're not in the surefire regular season title race, to take to take an L this time of year because they just lose their focus for a night. Yep, absolutely. And this and it's really a case like uh just sort of like Matt said, it's 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 the best time of year. Uh I think for players, for coaches, for everybody involved, even those guys that are just covering the games now. Uh, because you go into it and in a lot of situations, I guess the 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 toughest spot would be a team that's down at the bottom kind of looking up and they know uh, you know, that the conference tournament is kind of their last shot. Uh Luckily enough, I haven't been in that situation a whole lot as a player, uh, at least in college. So <laughs> I had an opportunity where we we were at least in a mix, uh, you know, where it's like, you know, you still doing the mathematics and, you know, mathematically possible. If we get some help here and they drop a game here and we run the table or whatever it may be. Or at the end of the day, uh, when I played in the Big East, it was it was the 16, uh, the 16 league B. So. Uh, you know, you always playing for seeding in the conference tournament too, because the top four got the buys uh, then. So, and that was always a huge advantage back then. So, but I mean, it's, it's no better time in the year. Uh, I still tell people that ask me, even my players, my young guys that I coach, that uh, there's no memory, there's no more memorable time I had in my career than getting the opportunity to go in and play in Madison Square Square Garden in the Big East tournament. Uh it's just a special fate uh it's a special place, it's a special building. Uh and just, you know, just that aura, the history along with everything, having opportunity to stay and be in Times Square for a week straight, uh if you're lucky and, you know, hopefully kick some ass and go home and look at it on on all the big uh the big screens outside your hotel. You know, what I mean it's just it's just a great feeling. At the end of the day as a player, you get opportunity 
And if you're in a situation where you know you're going to make the NCAA tournament as well, too, which we used to call just, you know, let's do our work early. You know, let's uh, let's not be going into this thing thinking that, you know, we only we may or may not get another crack at it. So we, we always tried to, you know, alleviate ourselves to a point where we were going to get two cracks at a championship. We knew we were going to get a crack at the Big East uh, Conference Championship, the tournament uh, at the Garden. And then, you know, if you did your work early enough, you know, you'll get another crack at it uh, on Selection Sunday once the seedings come out. Let's get to down in Boca Raton tonight. Uh, Florida Atlantic back in action. They went over SMU, an SMU team that was top 40 in the metrics entering the night. 80 to 70, your final score. So take a look at the American now with, with FAU winning that game. Uh, they're 11 and 3 in the league with Charlotte at 11 and 3. Two games back, both of them still to USF, who is 13 and 1. Again, Amir Abdur Rahim has done an amazing job there at USF in year one. But FAU wins it 80-70. to 70. They're 21-6 and six on the season. In this victory for the Owls, Vlad Golden goes for 21. Elijah Martin posts 20. Matt McCall, your reaction to FAU's 21st win in 27 games? Yeah, I think, first of all, start with SMU. I mean, Rob Lanier is doing just an outstanding job with that program. I mean, if... Amir Abdul Rahim wasn't doing what he's doing at, at you know at USF. You would say, you know, Rob Lanier uh, could possibly coach of the year in that league, uh, but FAU handled it, and Elijah Martin got back to his form. You know, Elijah's a guy that came into this season with just so many expectations on him, and all the shots that we saw him make last year through the NCAA tournament. He comes back, he runs it back at FAU, like a lot of the other players did, John L. Davis, Vlad Golden, Nick Boyd, all of them, Brian Green, all of them did. Uh, but Elijah was kind of the guy during the NCAA tournament that made a lot of those shots, and there was just so many expectations on him. And that's a lot to deal with for a player. And to see him get back to that form tonight, 20 points, seven rebounds, had the absolute monstrous dunk, Sports Center top 10, no question about it was good to see and it's good for him i mean he's a high character guy um, that cares a lot about his school and and you want to see him play well because we all saw it last year during his tournament run and and dealing with those expectations is something new for him and their entire program i mean you're talking about a program that went to one ncaa tournament one under sydney green way back in the day and i worked there for three years and we won the the regular season sunbelt conference uh, didn't get to the tournament. So the expectations that are on that team um, are through the roof, and everybody's having to deal with them, including Dusty May. And tonight was a great win because SMU is good. Rob Lanier is doing a phenomenal job with that program, and it was a great environment there. It was packed again. We saw it earlier, the Field of 68 Classic that we did back in November. Uh, late November, early December, but that, that that was a good win for FAU. And to see Elijah Martin play that the way he did, I think that's that's great for them going forward. Jarrell, you buying FAU to maybe be Butler-esque 2010-2011 when they just willed their way to back-to-back title games? Can, can that happen here with this group? I think they got a good shot, John, and and it's primarily because, uh, sort of like Matt said earlier in the show, they look, they just look like one of those teams to me. And uh, just coming into it, I felt like this is going to be a tough year for them. Uh, sort of like he just spoke to, just having that target on their back after all the success that they had uh, the previous year, being in a conference like they're in, which is you know it's not the the toughest conference in the world, but it's a sneaky good conference, man, with some good teams and some really good up and coming programs. Uh, so I think it's a situation where like they, they were adjusting all year to having that target on their back and being everybody else, everybody else's big game. You know, uh, other teams are licking their chops when they come in to try to get a quad one win to to, uh, to strengthen their resume. And I thought they did they did a good job. They stayed in and out of the top twenty five for the most part all year long, and they just look like a team to me that's just ready to flip that switch once the postseason comes. Uh, and I think it's gonna start right around the conference tournament time. But they definitely got the experience. Uh, they got their guys back, so they they got a bunch of guys who've been connected. They they seem to like to re- really enjoy playing together, man. So I think they're a team that can uh, 
if anything else, they're, they're a team that's not, they're not going to beat themselves. Somebody's going to have to come out, put together a really good game plan and play a good, a, a good, a good competitive game to put FAU out this year. They definitely are a team that can get it all going and start hitting on all cylinders and get hot again. Cause we've seen it before. And Fanta here, let, let, let me add one more thing. Like if you go back to last year with FAU, when they beat Florida on the road, Michael Forrest, a senior, was willing to come off the bench. And he came off the bench in that game, and I think he hit five threes, and that set the tone for their season last year. Then you get everybody back. Who's willing to sacrifice with everything that's coming at them? Like, okay, who, who's willing to say, I I'm coming off the bench? Because you saw last year at times it was Elijah Martin coming off the bench. It was John L. Davis coming off the bench. And Dusty May is, has shaken up his starting lineup at different times this year. And those guys have to be okay with that, just like they were last season. Tonight, he brings Nick Boyd off the bench. He, he, he puts Weatherspoon back in the starting lineup. How does Nick Boyd handle that? Well, he handled it well. He comes off the bench. He scores nine points. We saw him make the game winner against Memphis. Like, like all those things play a factor in this, and it's the sacrifice piece of it. And the tone was set for this team last year when they beat Florida, when Michael Forrest, who's no longer a part of this program, was willing to come off the bench and see what he did, and he did it all year. And then it became kind of cool to come off the bench. Like I said, Elijah did it throughout last year. John L. Davis did it throughout last year. Now you come back this year, is it the same mentality? And they've probably battled some of that at times, but they've just got to hit their stride come March as we're inching towards it. And I would not be shocked if they're a second weekend team. I would not be shocked if they get the Phoenix because they still have a terrific wow. roster and one of the best front court players in the entire country. Is it fair at all? Like, I, no, it's fair. Like, I really believe that Amir Abdur-Rahim deserves National Coach of the Year. Like, if there were four finalists, Matt, I would put him right in there. Yeah, when he took the job, I was kind of scratching my head. Is this the job he should take? Because no one's won there in a long time. I mean, Seth yep. Greenberg had a little bit of success. You know, uh, Stan Heath had a little bit of success. But outside of that, it's – it's been a job that people have struggled to win. And it's in my home state. I interviewed for the job, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, whenever it was. Um, and to see what he did at Kennesaw and taking that program over now, it's remarkable. And, yes, he needs to be in the category for National Coach of the Year. No question about it. He needs to be there. Utah State's Danny Sprinkle needs to be there. There are guys who took over jobs that were very, very difficult and have done a remarkable job this season. Of course, Dan Hurley's in there. Of course, you can say Kelvin Sampson is in there. The heavyweights are there, but you really appreciate what guys at USF and Utah State have done. Weekend picks coming up. This is After Dark. Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first-name basis these days, co-founded autograph he had one mission in mind change the fan experience for the better it works like this you get all of your college hoops content you want in one place you get articles from your favorite writers pods from your favorite hosts contests from your favorite creators all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy but instead of having to go to all these different places it all comes to you in one spot the autograph fandom map but here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68. That's F68 or tap in at the link in the description below. 
or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. All right, we got weekend picks now on Field of 68 after dark. We'll get into some of the games this weekend. We do have a couple of, of ongoing storylines as well tonight. Number four, Arizona hosting number 21, Washington State. That game's on FS1. We encourage you to use us uh, as a screen as you're watching some hoops. I know we got some people watching that game. 16 apiece in the Pac-12. I think it's one of the one of the biggest Pac-12 games of the year. Kyle Smith, you want to talk about National Coach of the Year race? He's got to be one of the guys that's in the mix. He's got Washington State. Jarrell at 20-6 on the year. He's done an unbelievable job, and uh, so far so good because I'm sitting here watching this game, 16 apiece, uh, me away through the first half. So uh, this would be, be a big game. But uh, as of now, I think they have to be, what, the only – the second team that's going to get in in the Pac-12 for sure. Uh, if they're able to go ahead and finish this thing off the rest of the way, uh, they're, they're, they've, done, they've done a really good job this year. They've done a really good job this year, and uh, this this looks like it's going to be a good one here. So we'll see if, see what happens here with Arizona on the road. Yeah, you got some teams on the bubble. I mean, Washington State, they're in. They're in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's even that much of a question at all. They're, they're going to make it. Um, Utah right now is on the bubble. Colorado and Oregon are, are on the outside looking in. Been a tough year for that league, and, and part of it is – Bronny James and, and USC in that whole situation, it didn't work out. And UCLA has had a tough year. Uh, it's it's yeah, But yeah. Well, Washington State has been the bright spot. And you know, I think this is this is looking like a two-bid league, as as, as our producer it's, Trevor flashed the graphic. How many teams is the Pac-12 in it? It's so disappointing, too, because the, the Pac-12 is getting ready to evaporate. It's getting ready to evaporate, disintegrate, just just go into the atmosphere and never to be heard of again, right? I mean, the, the Pac-12 office, they're going to have one of those signs that says, call John Smith if you want to lease this space, the commercial real estate guy uh, at the Pac-12 office. It's just disappointing, and I've been saying it all year um, because we're so accustomed to seeing – UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Oregon State, Colorado, these teams, Pac-12, late night games. When you get home, when you are a coach or you are a player and you get home late at night, you know, if you're on the East Coast, those games are on and they're battles and they're fun to watch. Uh, and just to see this league only get two, two teams in, now I think – Arizona is going to be in Phoenix. I believe that. I think they're really, really good. I don't think we talk about them enough. But just to see the league in the state that it's in this year, essentially in the last year of the league, is, is disappointing because we're, we're so used to seeing such great basketball. Yeah, it's, it's sad. You know, I, I growing up and watching Pac-12 hoops, you know, you, you, UCLA was destination. And Mick Cronin got them back to, to that type of watch. But Arizona was a destination watch. Uh, and Oregon, Oregon, I mean, Dana Altman had so many great years there. The way that they, as a program, have sort of fallen back here the last couple since their Elite Eight run has been uh, puzzling, uh, to say the least. They've just had a couple of down years in a row. And I just, you know, this league had such an amazing NCAA tournament a couple years back when Oregon State also went on that magical, magical run with Wayne Tinkle. And I, I do think it is sad. And I know I'm going away from basketball for 20 seconds, but what I would say is this. To all the people who have worked at the Pac-12 conference, whether your role was in basketball or whether your role was in Olympic sports or in that conference office, uh, a tip of the, the cap to you. And... I hope that whatever the next chapter is for you is a, is, is a great one because you've probably worked your butt off, not probably, you have, to make the Pac-12 as good as it possibly can be. There's a ton of people who work in that Pac-12 conference office who may be trying to figure out their next step in college sports. And they probably won't be the last ones that are trying to figure things out. That's real life stuff. Those people have families. 
so I wish all those people the best. And I'm sure that they'll get on their feet and be fine in their next chapters. And maybe some of them will move on to a different conference. Uh, but it is sad. And when the Pac-12 season wraps up, that reality is going to start to set in. Then in terms of the major sports, football and basketball, we've seen the last uh, of those Pac-12 games. So that's my that's my little uh, thought on the Pac-12. You guys well both said. know. You, well said, Fanta. Well yeah, said. You know, well said. You, coached in a, you coached in conferences. You played. You guys know this. Conference offices don't get a whole lot of credit. Typically, coaches call for officiating. There are a lot of people who spend a lot of I've time. I've called a few times. I called a few times. <laughs> well, I'm sure that you have. There was I'm no sure accountability for any of the officials, but I called a few times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I have a feeling Sean Miller, uh, our former colleague, might have been on the phone with his conference, say, or his conference was on the phone with him. I, I see you nodding. Uh, there yeah. were some interesting comments oh, yeah. uh, made last night. That's all part of the, the grind of a season. Hey, let, let's get to games this weekend. All right, let's get to games this weekend because we got a, a really good slate of games coming up here this weekend. Texas at number nine, Kansas. So the line that we've got is minus six and a half. Uh, this is from Ken Palm. This is from Ken Palm, of course, our partners at Bet MGM. Uh, we encourage you to use that for your Saturday picks. I got to tell you guys, I look at this and I say, Kansas, anything less than seven at home. It feels like you, you, it's hard to go against the Jayhawks. Jarrell, where do you side? Yeah, I think you got to go Kansas at home. Uh, even though Texas is coming off a of, uh, kind of a must win there, and it's actually a good win against Kansas State, I think uh, I think I, I'll say this: I think Kansas is playing or kind of figured out their style of play. Uh, the best they have all season. And obviously a big part of that is just the emergence of uh, Furphy getting more minutes. Uh, he gives them a different dynamic out there, stretching the floor. It gives a lot of those other guys some more space. Uh, and, when he, and when he's on and making shots, uh, and, you know, and essentially holding up, holding the line on defense as well too, uh, it kind of gives them that different dynamic. So they start to look a little bit more like the team that we all kind of anticipated and then we were a little bit mum or unimpressed with as the year went on and on and on, and we started seeing the long scoring droughts. But, yeah, I, I, I take Kansas at home for sure. Uh, I think they'll cover that spread. McCall? They've had a week off to get healthy, bottom line. I, I don't think there's any chance that, that, that Texas covers the spread. I don't. I, I just think Fog Allen – Right when those fans start chanting rock chalk, baby, this is this is this is one of the best starting fives, if not the best starting five in all of college basketball. And they've had a week off to prepare for this game. So I'm shocked it's actually six and a half. Um I'm 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 taking the Jayhawks all day long, not even flinching. Kansas wins this game by twenty on Saturday evening. I think that the Jayhawks roll to a blowout. Texas A&M at Tennessee to the SEC we go. Number five, Tennessee. Now, they had a bit of a hard time with Missouri, uh, but it looked like a team playing a team that had a lost season, nobody in the building, kind of a dead atmosphere, but Tennessee won that game. And you, you, you look up here at Tennessee, and you think of the season that they're having, and they'll be at home, 20-6 and six on the year. Meanwhile, Texas A&M, like they're 15-11. and 11. Things are trending in the wrong direction. They just take a home loss to Arkansas. I kind of I'm sitting here saying at some point is AM gonna have a night where they where they figure it out, but I don't know if a trip to Knoxville, Coach McCall, is the night to figure it out. It's one of the best environments in all of the SEC and all of college basketball. This is not the night that the that the Aggies figure it out. It's not. It was a disappointing loss for them the other day at home against Arkansas. Um but this is this is not the one to, to 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 try and figure it out and turn your season around. Which Fanta, if you think about this, preseason player of the year in Wade Taylor, preseason pick to win the league in Texas A&M, and they just haven't lived up to those expectations. Is it in them? Probably, but they just haven't done it. And this is not the game that they're going to figure it out. Tennessee's too good. Dalton Connect book it. SEC player of the year. Tennessee's going to win this league. I just – I don't see A&M turning it around in this game. I, I, I don't see it. 
Jarrell. Yeah, I'm rolling with Tennessee as well, too. Uh, a- A&M has been um, a-, a bit of a letdown this year, uh, and-, and I don't think it's necessarily for lack of trying. Uh, just throughout the year and just watching them more and more. Um, they just they just don't have a whole lot of firepower offensively. Uh, they don't have a ton of guys that shoot it great from deep, uh, which kind of, you know, circumvents their spacing in a lot of areas for the guys they can get downhill. And at the end of the day, uh, man, Wade Taylor has to go for 30 almost, you know, just for them to beat a good, a good ranked team. You know what I mean? So, uh it's a it's a, it's a very thin line or thin margin for error for those guys, uh, and, and it's going to be tough against Tennessee because now with uh, the emergence of uh, Dalton Connect there, man, they they they've got what they were missing last year to go along with their defense and their toughness, and that's a guy that can absolutely flat out go get a bucket for you when you need it. Uh, and and I and like Matt said, they're they're gonna they're right in the mix for SEC championship. Uh, and really in play for a one seed, I think, in the NCAA tournament. They've been I impressive totally uh, through, throughout totally this stretch agree. run here. Totally agree. And that's hard for a Gator alum to say that and speak positive. And a healthy I, I Zakai Ziegler, can't. too. Let, let, let's, not, let's, not, let's not discount that. A healthy Zakai Ziegler. And we saw what right. he did in Rupp Arena. I mean, yep. he right. is, you know, as good as Dalton Connect has been, Zakai Ziegler is a huge, huge piece to this team. And he's healthy and he's playing at a high level. And it's it's hard for me to say that, but that, that color orange growing up in my household was not a color orange that we really liked. But Rick Barnes and the Tennessee Vols, they could make a run come March. I was going to say, you're a Tennessean, but Florida fan now? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you're a Tennessee fan now? I'm not a... I'm a Fanta, I'm a member of the media. I got to speak the truth. That's what I am. Look at I'm, you. I got to put, put my degrees aside. I got to put my <laughs> 11 years working for the University of Florida aside. I got to put my dad playing middle linebacker at the University of Florida aside. I got to speak the truth. Tennessee's the best team in the SEC. Coach McCall. Coach McCall bringing, bringing it strong, being an unbiased media member. By the way, Jarrell, uh, Rob Dowster just texted me, and he said to say hello to you. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been waiting. Tell, tell Rob, tell Rob, I've been waiting on that text for about a week now. <laughs> you know I've been man? waiting on that what text a for a while. What a response! Wow. <laughs> wow. There was only one way that you could have responded to that, and and that was it. <laughs> um, and that comes off of. But what happened to Rob's team on Tuesday? Exactly, exactly. And tell me he's got to make a trip to the great meal West still. So we're looking for some get back. Dowster in Milwaukee would be dangerous, guys. That has to happen. Let's make it happen. That has to happen. That has to happen. Hey, we'll get to more picks coming up. If you're in the YouTube chat, fire us a question. We'll answer that too. This is After Dark. There is nothing in sports better than the heart of the college basketball season, which is why I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day. Users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access. And for those of you already using modeling, you can build custom sports betting models within the Rhythm app itself. I am a Rhythm user, and I found that I've been a better better when I focus on lines where my gut and Rhythm's modeling are aligned. When I think UConn can cover on the road against Butler and Rhythm backs that up, we fire. But Rhythm also helps lead you to plays that you didn't know you needed to make. Like, for example, when the data says bet the over in UMass Lowell versus New Hampshire because you have a 61% edge on that line, you bet the over and you bink. 
So if you want to increase your edge and win more bets, go to the link in the description below and download Rhythm today. That's R-I-T-H-M-M, the place for data-backed props and picks. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. John Fanta, Matt McCall, Jarrell McNeil with you on this Thursday night, February the 22nd. Let's keep our picks going. We're going to go to Newark, New Jersey. Saturday night game, Bubble Bowl. Butler mm. at Seton Hall. The Pirates coming off a huge week. They dominated Xavier, helped their metrics. They then go on the road, and they beat St. John. So, Shaheen Holloway's team has a win over Connecticut, has a win over Marquette. That win over UConn is huge. Five Quadrant One wins. They do have two Q3 losses, but they, they're a total of seven and seven against the top two quadrants, and one of those wins is the best win you could have over Connecticut. Right now, they're on the right side of the bubble, but they've got Butler at home. Butler's been struggling. Kempom has Seton Hall as a three-point favorite. Kadari Richmond, or is it Pasha Alexander in the dog's night finally? Jarrell McNeil, who you got? Uh, I'm going. I'm going with the Hall on this one. I think they. I think they get it done at home. Uh, like you said, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a tough hard fall game. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's probably gonna be a Big East bloodbath. It'll probably be low scoring, <laughs> real physical. So, uh, but I, I think. I think. Uh, I think that style of play kind of suits Seton Hall. To be honest with you, uh, even though Butler has a really good tough team as well too, but I think they'll be able to pull it out. Uh, at home and uh, and they'll. They'll be able to get off the buzzer a little bit and start to ease off of it. Try to get a couple more quality wins here in the stretch run of the season. McCall. Yeah, they have Connecticut coming up at Connecticut in a couple weeks too. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going with Seton Hall at home. Uh, I just think they get this one done. Shaheen Holloway and his staff—they know how important this game is. Um, that that win over UConn is is their trump card. Uh, and this is one of those games where, hey, look, we're trying to solidify ourselves in the NCAA tournament. So we just got to go out here and handle business. We're playing at home. You know, this is this is our game. Let's go out here and do it. Let's not overthink this. Let's go out here and play harder than the other team. Let's play with more effort. Let's play more together. And let's get this done. And if they do, I think the whole bubble talk will kind of be subsided a little bit. And that's just – that's the most most important thing in this game. Go 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 take care of your business and 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 get yourself in the NCAA tournament. So by winning at St. John's on Sunday, Seton Hall for the time being got on the right side of the bubble. You win a game like that, you want to then parlay it. You want to be able to move off the momentum. You've had a week to prepare, a week off. You are an NCAA tournament quality team. I'm gonna tell you why in a second. Seton Hall should win this ballgame. First off, they beat Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse earlier this year. They've beaten Butler the last three meetings. Shaheen Holloway has really commanded Thad Mata's team here. Seton Hall's dangerous. Kadari Richmond is a, an elite guard. When he turns on the Jets in the lane, he's unstoppable. Alamir Dawes has taken off in conference play for them. He is a bucket getter of a shot maker. He can get hot, microwave, extra butter popcorn. That's how Dawes gets cooking, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Dylan Adewusu was a good transfer portal ad. Dre Davis stretches the floor and is physical. He's Mr. Steady. He just plays. Very steady basketball. Defends. He's a grinder inside. He gets after it. He can back you down. He can post you up. To me, the guy who's not getting enough credit for this Seton Hall team is Jaden Bediaco. Transferred in from Santa Clara. Has been fantastic for them at defending. Has rebounded the heck out of the ball. He's among the leaders in the country in offensive rebounding. I like Seton Hall in this game. I like Seton Hall to make the NCAA tournament, and I think Seton Hall's a plucky pick, a sleeper pick to potentially win a game. You know who knows how to win in the NCAA tournament, Coach McCall? Shaheen Holloway. Does he ever. But I'll say this. Them winning at Butler already, this is the biggest – this this is the elephant in the room, okay? You can't say, hey, we're going to be okay because we already beat them at their place. Bingo. And that's what Shaheen Holloway's message to his team. Like, we're not okay. I don't care that we beat them at their place. We're not okay. 
we, we have to take care of business at home. Like, oh, we'll be fine. We beat them in their building. No, no, no. We have to take care of business because we have an NCAA tournament berth on the line right now. Like, that's the biggest challenge for this team is those guys understanding that, hey, what happened a few weeks ago has no bearing on this game today. And that's the message that Shaheen Holloway is telling his team right now. Let's get to our next pick. Trevor Valise, cue it up. It is in the ACC. North Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at struggling Virginia. Hmm. Hmm. Three-and-a-half points. I'm, I'm tempted to take the favorite there because of how bad Virginia's been. But then I feel like Virginia at some point is going to take it personally and put together their best performance of the season against Carolina. Ooh, Jarrell, where are you falling on this one? Um, I'm going Carolina. Um, Virginia, I think their best performance of the season. I think they kind of uh, they ran out of bullets. I think that they won't play better than they did against Miami uh, a couple weeks ago here. And uh, at the end of the day, I just don't think that they'll be able to manufacture enough points to beat North Carolina. And I don't think that. I mean, I know they're you know, top two defensive team in the country and the best defensive team in the ACC. But I don't think, you know, they're not going to hold Carolina to 50 or 60, uh, 40 or 50 points for the game. Uh, and I think they'll have a hard time outside of Reese Beekman putting uh, putting together enough points to uh, to, to beat Carolina, even though they, that, they, that they are at home. But uh, eventually I think Carolina's uh, physicality around the rim, uh, rim will win out for them. So I'm taking Carolina. Fanta, of all the games that we're picking tonight, this was the hardest one for me. I agree with you. This was the hardest one. I, I want to take Virginia. I, I, I do. I want I want to say Tony Bennett gets it done. It's a home game. They're going to have a great crowd. I, I want to take Virginia. But I just think Carolina's talent wins out in this one. I think oh. the talent wins out. I do. I, I, I think Armando Baycott, like, he's in his, like, 17th year of college. Um, and I just think that, that the talent of Carolina wins out in this game. I want to take Virginia, but I, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I, I got to take the heels. I got to take the heels. You disagree with me, I can tell. Or you agree <laughs> with me and you're trying to figure out – because you're in the same boat as I am right now, Fanta. You're in the same boat. You you want to take Virginia, but you're not going to. I know you. You're not going to. You don't know me all that well. <laughs> Give me the who's on Saturday. Give me the Cavaliers. <laughs> Tony Bennett. Don't let me down. All right? Your team's going to show up. They're going to have a big-time crowd. You're going to put North Carolina in a blender. You're going to make the Tar Heels eat your lunch? Give me UVA. I'm on the train. Plus three and a half. Give me UVA. I don't know if they're winning the game, but I know they might be a 51-48 game, and I'll take the Virginia Cavaliers. And guess what, Virginia? If you let me down this Saturday, you're going to hear from me next week. I'm going to have some some not-so-kind thoughts. 51, Give me UVA. 51-48, <laughs> you're going to be dialed into that game? You're excited about that? 51-48? You're like, yeah, let's go, man. This no, I won't be dialed in, but I, you had, I'm just making a pick here. Tony Bennett's going to show up. Tony Bennett is going to put together a, a masterpiece of a response, which brings us to Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place for you to store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the Vaulted app, spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Here is my Vaulted challenge for tonight. Virginia beats Carolina on Saturday. Do you guys accept my challenge? No. I don't. I don't, I, I don't accept. I don't. No, no, you accept it. I, I want it. to, but I don't. I accept it. Yeah, no, we yeah, accept, accept it, right? It. Yeah, no, you accept yeah. it because I'm challenging oh, I you. It. Yes, I accept. Yeah, I exactly. Accept. You're I both. You're, you're 
you're accepting. Uh, one more pick here, 30 seconds for Villanova, UConn, uh, Duke, Wake Forest, Duke, Wake Forest. Duke is, wow, they're just a one-point favorite at Wake. Jarrell. I think I'm I'm go- I'm taking Duke. Uh, although I do think it'll be a close Ooh. game, I think it'll be a close game. Is Proctor out? Is he playing? Uh, I'm not sure about that. But uh, Wake Forest can fill it up. They can get hot from the outside. But I think uh, I think Filipowski will be the X factor. I'm taking Duke on the road. I'm confident in it too. Give me Forbes, Steve Forbes, Wake Forest. No, no, no other comments. The Forbes is at home. Give me my man Forbes. I'm taking the Deacons. It's my dream to someday hit a Pizza Hut lunch buffet with Steve Forbes, just the two of us in the in the Pizza Hut. <laughs> can I come? Can I come? Of course you can. Coach Forbes, I'm riding with you and Wake to shock Duke. Hey, last calls on Stadium next. For all you on Sirius, so long. This has been After Dark.